No, give me a sign. Hi, we're recording now. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Tova from Operation Tube Top, and I am sitting with Helen. How are you? I'm good. Great. <laughs> and Helen is an osteopath, and why don't we kind of start from the beginning, and if you do want me to stop, just give me a sign that I can pause, <laughs> but it's more natural this way. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about where you're from? Well, I was actually born in Salzburg, mm -hmm. in Austria, from a Belgian mom. So I didn't grow up in an Austrian household. Mm -hmm. um, so I did most of my schooling in Austria. I also lived in the U.S. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I grew up bilingual. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And where did you study? So then I went to study in Germany, and I did physio there. And then after that, um, I quickly decided I traveled the world, and right away I figured, okay. I want to do something more and started um, osteopathy also in Germany, mm -hmm. but chose a school that had schools a little bit abroad in different of countries. Of course, if you And some exactly. <laughs> of them in Canada. Mm -hmm. And so a uh, year or second year, I right away decided to go abroad, to go to Montreal. Mm -hmm. And initially I wanted to stay there for a few months and I ended up staying there 13 years. Oh, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, <laughs> those things happen. And yeah. maybe you can explain to people what osteopathy is, because I don't think it's very common in North America. Well, it's actually very different in different countries. Okay. So um, I can give you my definition and then from that on tell you what the different countries, um, how did countries see that differently. So for me, osteopathy is nothing um, strange, weird or magic. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a manual therapy. Mm -hmm in which you manipulate articulations like you do at a chiropractor. Okay. But you can also manipulate the muscles and the fascia. And strangely, but true, you can also manipulate organs. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know if... Uh, I mean, I do with alcohol. <laughs> there you go. I my liver. <laughs> so when you manipulate it, I have to re-manipulate okay. it. Okay. No, I always explain it also when maybe you did snowboarding and you landed big time on your belly. Mm -hmm. um, not only your muscle can get bruised, but also your organs. Okay. And they can also change in a little bit of the position mm -hmm. okay, by an impact. So we can also release those tensions and then they go back into normal position. It sounds funny, but it's really, everybody can do it. There's no magic behind it. Okay. So it just takes a bit of practice and a bit of, you know, knowledge. And $100,000 in school. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then you can manipulate also, you know, bones, like cranial bones. You can do actually quite a, you know, you can basically manipulate everything. Mm -hmm. you know? So we can have big impact. Um, everything um, except sicknesses, like infection, that we cannot work on that, have an impact on that, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, but then you look at the different countries. So generally in Europe, in most countries, you have to be a physio or a doctor to be able to practice as an osteopath. Okay. But again, it's not totally true because several countries, they do change more and more. It becomes an independent profession. Okay. So um, I have to say I'm not always updated because they keep changing. In Britain, it was always an own practice, an own profession. Mm -hmm. And they are on a very high level also. Um, they have more responsibilities. And I believe also their schooling is top 
Okay. Um, yeah, I believe they're really on top of most countries. And um, and then in most countries, like I said, in most countries it's a specialty. And then in certain countries, such in France also now, you can be independent as an osteopath. Okay. I believe in Belgium as well and in Netherlands. So again, it changes with the with the European Union, and then sometimes they open up and they close again. And so it's 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 I cannot you know exactly say which country. Mm -hmm. But in the U.S., for example, it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. If you're an osteopath in the U.S., you are a doctor. Okay. So you studied medicine and you went into osteopathic medicine. So kind of like a chiropractor. Yes. But for example, osteopaths uh, in, in the U.S., they evaluate you mm -hmm. with techniques, but they will prescribe medication. Ooh. So what happens, well, it's, a, it's a funny mixture. Yeah. So what happens now um, in Canada, again, it's very manual. Oopsie. Oh, that's a European siren. There you go. <laughs> Um, in Canada, it's an, depending again which province, it's a non-professional or not, but we do have many Americans coming to, do, to Canada now to learn again the techniques because it got a little bit lost, even though it started in the U.S., mm -hmm. it got a little bit lost um, in the U.S., so it's, it's, it's moving, it's constantly moving, uh, you know, changing, and for example, Quebec is fighting um, that um, the osteopathy becomes an own profession and they're very close to it, okay. but it's still, so it's accepted by the insurances, but not mm -hmm. by the public insurance, so really... If you get, if you want to be treated in osteopathy, you should really look into the situation of each country because it's really all different. different. Yes, because the first time I ever heard about um, osteopathy was actually living here. Mm -hmm. I had never heard that term before. Mm -hmm. And we're Jewish, so we always talk about doctors, mm -hmm. <laughs> their interventions. <laughs> it's kind of our, our dinner conversation. Um, but it's interesting. I, know, I think my mother went to one in Germany, and she mm -hmm. thought it was amazing. So you kind of, I, I've heard it described in different ways. But you're seeing kind of the bigger picture of a body, or you're, yes, okay. Well, it's it's like a car. I mean, you cannot like sometimes you can fix one thing and then everything's fine. But in many uh, situations, there's something behind it. Why did it you know repair or what you know the tension changed or like an architect you know if you have to think about the the skeleton of the house mm -hmm. and then you can build around it you know but yeah. the base of something cracks it's some, not the wall itself very often it's a structure inside. So I always tell new clients um, you might have a problem with your toe but I will treat your ear mm -hmm. it sounds funny but you have to look at this again at the structure and um, what holds what and what has an impact on what so we call it also very often unwinding mm -hmm. a lesion like you have to look what comes you have compensations let's say for six months or two years you had that issue well your body will adapt and find will cheat Mm -hmm. to give you still a 100% well-working body. Yeah. <laughs> so when you come to my place, you mm -hmm. might have a problem with your shoulder, but it will be your neck, it will be your head, it will be your, your, your elbow, or even your husband. Your, your husband, <laughs> that's true. That we have to lean on that a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're seeing it in a bigger picture. Yeah. And um, So you you lived in Montreal before, yeah. before moving here yeah. for the final time, maybe. No, no, no. Just, we want to move on. We, we like wanna, to move on. Oh. Now whatever year, we definitely want to move on. Yeah. Oh, fun. interesting. Well, okay. I will, you know, Europe is small. Once you live in Canada, Europe is small. So you can live in one city and work in the other exactly. city and the other part of Europe. And you can travel all over the place. No problem. Um, and how do you think Montreal is different from Vienna in general? Because I know it's, it's, it's in many, well, you know, it's very different. Um, I mean, it's uh, Montreal is not like, it's not a typical North American city either, right? No. So it's the European mixture, European Latino and um, Caribbean mixture because we have many people of you know Haiti and Creole and then we have many of North Africa and then we have all the Europeans so so Montreal is, 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 is a very amazing fun mixture in a very not Latino temperature <laughs> yeah, yeah minus 20 degrees yeah. Um, I believe it's uh, the reason why Montreal I mean I loved living there because um, Everybody was welcomed. It mm -hmm. didn't matter where you're from, what you did, what you do. What was important, my impression was what's important is that you want to give your best here and you will share whatever you have mm -hmm. to share. 
And it didn't matter if you have an accent or whatever, your looks, you know, just what's important was the way you impact a society. Yeah. And I love that. And I felt very soon part of the society because I had the feeling that everybody communicates with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, in Vienna, even though I spoke the language, it was uh, very tough in the beginning mm -hmm. because I, you know, I was lonelier than in, in, in a country that was supposed to be not my own. Yeah. Um, just because it just functions differently. Everything has advantages and disadvantages. Of course. Um, Vienna for me is a very structured city with people that are very structured in their head. Mm -hmm. I'm a person that is, you know, I love, I need human, you know, warmth and I need love. Interaction and smiles. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very physical, obviously, for my work too. So for me, that was the toughest thing here. Yeah. People are very distant. Um, physically and emotionally and you yeah. know, socially it's, to get invited here is different because the expectations are high. If you get invited here, I mean, everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and in Canada, you get invited for a barbecue and you bring your own stuff. So, you know, everybody, I believe each city has its personality and mm -hmm. we do too. And then there are cities that, that fit more to you or less, but each city, like every person that crosses your path teaches you something. Yeah. So Vienna has been amazing for me professionally because I was able to, bring all my knowledge from Canada here. Mm -hmm. I was very specialized in, in Canada because of great teachers. And I was, and I had the idea to creating my project yeah. that I wouldn't have had if I would have stayed in Montreal, I believe. Yeah, I think there's definitely more opportunities to start something new here because it is a little bit old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. But people are starting to open up to new... It's easier to stand out, I believe. Yeah, yeah. you just yeah. have to be a little bit louder. <laughs> Which is <laughs> not a hard point. Neither are you we. We don't have any problem standing out in this city at all. Do you think that Austrians are more health-conscious than Canadians? Or do you think there's a different approach to health? Um, there's definitely a different approach. Um, it's also, I don't, the condition is very different. So, um, I believe they might, we might all have the same, uh, behaviors if we would have the same conditions mm -hmm. in Canada with two weeks of vacation and three holidays, yeah. you just have less time to go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, it's when I practice there, I had way more uh, emergencies mm -hmm. than here. Many here people come just for prevention even, yeah, or just prevention to be checked sick. just in case mm -hmm. and that's like didn't happen to me in Montreal <laughs> um, we don't and, have time for prevention <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing yeah. so if you gave them more time they would probably do more because I mean people do especially in Montreal they do um, like you know healthy food living eating working out is, is, is a big thing too mm -hmm. but it's just lived differently because of the condition yeah I believe that's the big thing and yeah. also the government doesn't give the same opportunity if you visit here certain like doctors just I mean just everything works differently there's more people do complain here and I understand but they haven't been in other countries most of the exactly, time exactly yeah and so yeah the condition is just yeah here prevention is a big yeah. deal like I, I noticed especially when I was pregnant the <laughs> the amount of appointments I mean that was a full-time job carrying apparently everybody else's child but my own <laughs> you had to go yeah ultrasounds I mean I think it's fantastic I really do think the prenatal care is amazing mm -hmm. and even the postnatal care mm -hmm. um for the babies not for the babies for the moms. not for the moms because <laughs> no, it's not your body anymore <laughs> you don't yeah really. it's a that's something so this this comes to my product but it's really funny I treated a French boxer oh a woman who lived here and she, she pointed out something really funny um, she said, you know, when you hear prenatal care is amazing, they, 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 I mean, they treat you, it's amazing, you have all those appointments, and they make sure, and, and then the hospitals look nice too when you give birth, and then after that, you have those beautiful parks running out, but she said, that's when she, when she was sitting in a park with her child, sort of like being sent there every day, three hours, Yeah. Um, she understood that 
even when she was pregnant, it wasn't about her. Yeah. It was about the baby. Yeah. And that for the women, how they feel or what is happening to their body during or after birth mm -hmm. is not the main focus. It's no. the baby needs to come out fine, needs to be healthy afterwards, yeah. and you just deal with it and it's normal. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's a conservative maybe thinking as well. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like a woman, woman body, sexuality, all of that is not important anymore because you're not a woman anymore. No. You're a mother now. This is something I felt shockingly quickly. I was shocked to see how my identity went from being just a woman to suddenly a mother. And I was no longer a, well, I never was sexual because my parents listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. It was the virgin. Not a virgin. Um, but no, it's, it's incredible to see how it is quite conservative I mean, you have amazing benefits. And I remember just even socially, yeah. You're not supposed to go out anymore. You're supposed to hang out in the park every day and not work full time. God, no. Yes. You used to stay only about 20 hours and take care of your child and do not pick it up till I did the kindergarten because yeah. nobody will be there anymore. And so that was a big thing. I'm happy I had my three kids in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. could do whatever, career yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, because here, it's it's you don't really have a choice. You're being judged if you go full time um, working. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that's, and that's something I, I do not accept. Do whatever you feel like. Do whatever you need or your child. Yeah. Uh, if you want to stay home, if you want to breastfeed or not, or work, whatever it is, yeah. it's your life. Yeah. And the society has no has, should protect you and your child, but should not that, protecting you know health is one thing. We're yeah. talking about the basic things. Yeah. But above that, it's like it's your life. It's your decision. Yeah. It's your philosophy. What are you going to live? up to you for children and that, you know? Oh, totally. And I, I think, you know, I was raised by a, a working mother and it was something that I always... That explains, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, yeah <laughs> obviously, that caused autism was me going back to work. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of judgment that I was working full-time. And I remember when my son started going through issues um, with autism, it was kind of the beginning of regressive autism, and the kindergarten teacher would say to our nanny, why doesn't the mother quit her job? Mm -hmm. I mean, not even the Because father. that would solve the whole problem. Of course. You'd be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I would be jumping off a bridge. No problem. Different strokes for different yeah. folks. So yeah. speaking yeah. about women and sexuality, let's go to the project you have launched, which is called We Love Pink Planet. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell me a little bit about this? It's a very exciting initiative. Well, so... Um, if you visit the the website, which I'll be putting is, in the link. Well, yeah. So far, it's only in German. I'm working on the English version, but um, I don't have enough time so yeah. far. But I'll, I'll just won't sleep a few days. Yeah, I'm done there. So it will be translated in English, Spanish, and French mm -hmm. as soon as possible. Um, the idea, if you go on the website, you will see that it addresses three topics that mm -hmm. are intertwined. It's uh, pelvic floor health, sexuality, mm -hmm. and self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, at the base and information website. What is my pelvic floor? What is the anatomy? What's the, the purpose of it? You know, how should it work? What could go wrong uh, with birth or even later on, you know, menopause and stuff? What mm -hmm. can I do um, to prevent or to help myself? Mm -hmm. um, so all those things. It gives, it gives information, links, and suggestions. Like doing kegels right now. Well, sure like, I have one of those things, but only not only that. Yeah. Many more things. And so... Also, the therapies that exist because people think there's Kegels and then there's surgery and there's nothing in between, and that's not true. Um, there are great products also um, now online, so um, available. Um, but it's more than that. It's um, I want to empower women from deep, deep inside. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say. And deep, yeah. deep inside goes from the pelvic floor to your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, because obviously, if you have a problem with 
the simple, like the, you know, the pelvic floor itself, you have problem problem with you know holding controlling your bladder. Yeah. Obviously, it will affect your self esteem. Um, also, if you have problems with your sexuality, for example, painful intercourse after birth due mm-hmm. to uh, scars, it will also affect your self esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also it's not about only having fun. It's like the VHO says. It's sexual health is more than the absence of sicknesses. Mm-hmm. It's also social and emotional mm-hmm. well-being. Yes. Um, because to be in control over a body mm-hmm. um, and to to feel good with it has such a big impact on our daily life. Yes. It will have an impact on our patients, mm-hmm. you know, and on our mood and on our you know just endurance and goes up to concentration, everything, mm-hmm. you know. So it's actually my, I'm not a politician, I'm not a psychologist, so yeah. my way to empower women is more, uh, as I said, from the, um, from the body parts, mm-hmm. you know, from the, how do you say, uh, physical part. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but I really want to understand that women need to know that they have the right to feel comfortable with their body mm-hmm. and with sexuality, because I also believe, especially as young couples, when young parents, when we have no time anymore to communicate, mm-hmm. to have time because just, you know, you know what it is. It becomes overwhelming if you have several kids or a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. There is no time for a couple anymore. Yeah. And I believe the difference between a roommate and a partner is the intimate communication. Yes. And in that communication, both of the participants mm-hmm. should be on the same level. And so if one doesn't feel comfortable with the body to whatever, pain, insecurities and so on, there is a disbalance. Yes. So... So it's very important, I believe, for the partners together, for each of them and together, yeah. to feel comfortable and fine and to be able to talk about it mm-hmm. or to take care about it. Um, yeah, so I believe sexuality in a beautiful way in yes. you know, communication. Well, sex, like in a relationship, can be one of the least important things, but then become the most important thing when it becomes a miscommunication or there's just not happening for some partners enough yes. or at all. And it should be. Uh, so with We Love Pink Planet, I just want to start a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not, I'm not saying we all need a lot of sex. Not, no, no, that's not it at all. No, I really like about, TV. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it should, you should be fine with it. If you shouldn't want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you should be able to say why you want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really important also if you don't want sex, it's fine, but you need to have a healthy sexual body, mm-hmm. okay? So your your sexual organs should be functioning. Mm-hmm. Also, as I said, for the general prevention, it's also for, for your, your general area, you know, digestion and so on. Mm-hmm. For, your, for your back, people forget that lower back pain can be due to the pelvic floor as well. Mm. So, yeah. So there's a huge um, psychological, physiological impact on our body. Definitely. Okay. Well, I think, you know, for women, a lot of times when you don't, physically feel attractive mm-hmm. it's just it's very emotionally tied mm-hmm. um or if you get money <laughs> from your partner <laughs> i mean there's certain things that you pair of shoes um but it is so important to feel physically comfortable to yeah. be able to there's a little um, i love my little stories when i get from my patients i get like text messages and emails and voicemails <laughs> like oh it works and there's one that I really um like recently it was a woman who um gained a lot of weight because she had very First of all, difficult pregnancies in the way that she gained a yeah. lot of weight, and then she had two pregnancies very close, so she didn't lose the weight, and she, so she used to be normal sized woman, and she was quite heavier, and um, she hated it, mm-hmm. and she she tried to work out and diet, but it doesn't work. You have small kids, you cannot, you don't find the time, you mm-hmm. don't, you know, you need your sugar because you're exhausted and yeah. those things. So she couldn't, she couldn't help herself in the daily life, 
And then she also had pelvic floor issues. Mm-hmm. So she came to my office for that and we worked on it. And um, I gave her, you know, there's a great product that I love. It's LV. And um, so I told her, you know, why don't you invest in that? You know, come a few times, but work out, you know, do it at home, you mm-hmm. work out. And, and so she was really, really working out really well. Like she did her homework big time. Mm-hmm. And after two months or so, I saw her again. And she was like just smiling and, and she, she had a different posture. And she mm-hmm. said, you know... Um, they had a few more times sex, and actually, what happened? She felt more secure because she could feel more, mm-hmm. and and her husband too, and he had so much more fun. Mm-hmm. And so she said that she said it's so funny. Suddenly, I think I'm less heavy than before. And just the the, the how you say the the balance the mm-hmm. the, 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 the machine that. So oh, the, the, the scales. The scale yeah. says exactly the same weight, but mm-hmm. she feels lighter. Yeah. Because so there was the opposite. So so she felt she had a bad body image from herself, mm-hmm. but she empowered her inside. Yeah. And it empowered her couple. Mm-hmm. And so she says she feels, you know, more feminine. Mm-hmm. And she's a happier mom because they laugh in the morning. Now the parents, if the kids misbehave, they, they, they look at each other and they laugh because they had a fun yeah, night, you yeah. know? <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's really funny how you can have an impact and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it all ties together and whatever it, it, it's always the same thing if you work on yourself whatever mm-hmm. it is it will have an impact on yeah. bigger chapters in your life of right? course I mean I feel like um, besides my job full time I have these side projects which fulfill me yes. and I feel like it makes me a happier person totally and happy wife happy life exactly. it's that idea of making sure people are happy and fulfilled yeah. and um, I think we can all if we really do what we want mm-hmm. um we can shine and when we shine i mean and, you know if it's sunny weather we're all in a better mood and it rubs off so if you so if you are a shining person or if you're surrounded by shining people mm-hmm. um everybody feels better i'm gonna get rid of my british friends <laughs> just <laughs> make a little note it's a very good humor too we need that I love my british friends we were having a the, the, the viennese people could start smiling a little bit a more little bit that more. would be very but then it would weird grateful. people out <laughs> be really but i would be very grateful yeah. i would I think it would do very well um, in the city if people would smile. That's just a little side I note. I think it would, would help. I think usually spring, summer, people are a lot happier here. Yeah. And it feels a little bit more positive. But they need to shine inside and then... Yeah, well, they'll come to you, get their public exactly. floor taken care of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, that always helps. Do you think that... Um, I guess this is kind of one of the last questions. Do you think sexuality is not talked about enough in Austria? Do you think they're conservative about it? Because, I mean, people are having sex. There's no... Well, I mean, I think it's worldwide a taboo in the normal way. So you, so there are certain countries who um, have more sex, whatever, porn sites, I don't know, whatever. You know, yeah. It's like the U.S. It's the biggest porn industry country, but it's the, but when you walk around, you can, I mean, on the beach, you're not allowed to have a sexy bikini because right. then you get in trouble. So um, I think um, for me, sexuality... I think it's sad because it's like all these bubbles. So there's sex, sexuality, the dirty stuff, the mm-hmm. porn stuff, the yucky bad. And then and then there's like the the romantic maybe. But I look at sexuality really at a at a natural thing. Mm-hmm. And just just for your hormone system. And just it's very impressive what happens when you're having sex or an orgasm, what how endorphins are being released, you know, how your hormone system gets to Even boost, faking, you know? Even faking. Well, <laughs> yes, but trust me, it's much better. Yeah. It's much better if it's a real one for your body. The impact is much bigger. No, but what I think is um I think that sexuality can be should be talked in a respectful way, like used in a respectful way. I have a thirteen year old daughter and I try to introduce her in a very um 
healthy way mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, you know. Uh, I bet she loves talking about sex with oh, you. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but I think it's very important to, I don't want it to talk like, you don't talk about it on the table in a way, but yeah. I think it should be seen as part, as a natural part I of do. us. I totally agree. And again, to sexuality, uh, it's it's not the definition of intercourse. No. It's, it's sexuality is how we feel, how we, we, we look at each other, how, and in a positive, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it should be, it has this, I think it was a taboo, a big taboo for a very, very long time, for mm-hmm. generations. And then it was sort of adopted by the, uh, the one extreme side. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the everyday thing, it's, it's um, I think, as I said, for me, I always sell it as the intimate communication, the way mm-hmm. of communicating. It's yeah, the that's... most intimate way to communicate. And I think it's a beautiful way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so taboo or not, I think it really depends with, with which people you hang out. Of course. Um, I stop hanging out with those nuns. But at church today. No, I think it really each country has its way to to still feel uncomfortable with it. Of course. No country, no cultures really. I think it's really the generations that change it. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it has to do with misogyny. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think uh, when women are sexually liberated or comfortable with it, it freaks a lot of men out. And I think... Yes, totally, because, again, they it's about how, well, because, again, uh, the ones who are very liberated, maybe they, they show only one side, mm-hmm. and they don't address it as a normal way. For men, it seems to be more normal to, than for women to have, have the need or the fun or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think the little difference I just saw with my daughter about talking about menstruation or so, you know, she, for her, in class, it's a normal thing, and even the boys and big boys and girls talk together about it. I'm like, wow, I mean, this not is... Not in my generation. There you go. Day. So it's interesting how that generation and, and, and that she looked at me, she's like, why why do you dress? It's like, it's normal. And she talks to me like it would be like, I don't know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. And so so um, I hope that, that you know, this theme, this, this topics become respectfully more... Uh, table, how you say, a coffee table conversation yeah. in a respectful way. And yeah. I think if we address it publicly in a respectful way, mm-hmm. it will also empower women yes. to feel, um, to defend themselves mm-hmm. in any way. So to say no or to say I want. Yes. And so that's why I think if we get it out there, mm-hmm. a bit better dialogue. Will be, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'll be posting the links. You'll be having, I guess, events soon. Because the last event that you had, we love Pink Planet, my gynecologist was there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was great. Vienna is a very small town. Yes, but we're actually trying to do many more events in Vienna. Um, like, the, you know, the, the, what's fun, the magazines are interested, so the media is interested in my project, which is lovely. And then I hope to uh, bring in more online. The idea why I decided to go online is also so I can reach more people, more people mm-hmm. in different situations. So even women who li- don't live in the city or don't feel comfortable to to address somebody directly, they mm-hmm. could get information. So I am asked to do a little more online, and and so we'll see. Maybe I get videos, or you know, it's exactly. a new world for me. But I definitely want to get out more and help more people to feel comfortable. It's very exciting. (laughs) So everybody go home and uh, touch yourselves. (laughs) And uh, as I always say when I end my podcast, uh, thanks for listening. And I will be putting the links uh, in the comments section on Facebook and tagging Helen as well as We Love Pink Planet. So thanks for listening and toodles. If it stops.